The following show is being broadcasted from an undisclosed location. Two former special operators have combined their badassery and now sharing it with the world. They ain't alive no more. All with a beer and a smile. This is the Savage Actual Podcast. And now your hosts combat vets with 20 plus deployments between the two of them and enough testosterone to operate the power grid of Los Angeles. Savage Actual. Now your hosts, Jason and Patrick. All right, everybody. Hey, welcome to the Savage Actual podcast. My name is Patrick Maltrip and I am here with my partner in crime. What's up, everybody? Jason here. And uh, we're about to talk it's, about ourselves. <laughs> it's the weekend, and Jason is a ball of fire right now. Yeah, yeah, ball of fire. <laughs> at least, hey, at least you're not hungover. Those days are those days are done, man. No more he's of like, that. He's, he's like, I've given up on on day drinking randomly. <laughs> Dude, I've been uh, been PTing like a mo, man. I got this sprint triathlon coming up, and I've lost. Uh, Almost twenty pounds, seventeen pounds. What? You, yeah, I didn't yeah. even know you were doing that. You didn't tell me that you were going to do that sprint. Yeah, June fourth, man. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay. Trying Where's, to get, trying to get back. I was two sixteen, dude. I'm not like one. First time I've been under two hundred pounds in a long time. Damn. So, Damn. Yeah, starting to get some some wet noodle arms, man. I just start bumping up my strength. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so today is going to be a little special, guys. We're going to talk. You know, kind of bounce off each other and, and talk about the making of a special operator in our respective units. And they're all, you know, really similar in a lot of ways. And talk about the mindset and talk about the drive and the preparation and, uh, you know, try to find similarities between the types of individuals that, uh, that you know, attract this type of life. And then uh, talk about what's next. For us, the Savage Actual and uh, a whole bunch of other crap. So appreciate you guys being here. Yeah, hopefully that you guys can, you know, our listeners can, uh, if anybody's aspiring to get into one of those communities, something within, uh, I mean, even even overseas, I know we have people outside the United States that are listening to us and hopefully we can give somebody some information because I think a lot of that, the the preparation. And then once you're in the middle of something like that, you, you can walk away with some advice that people give you that definitely helps, helps that. And, uh, I know Jason and I have both individually worked with and spoken to a lot of individuals that are aspiring to go into the special operations community, wherever it may be, whether it's a U.S. special operations or potentially, again, a, a foreign military unit, you know, that, that attitude and, and, uh, that preparation, I think goes across all the different units. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to be talking about that a little bit today, what it takes to become a special operator. And then, you know, we're going to be injecting sort of what we did into that and how we prepared and, and, uh, what we did afterwards. And hopefully you guys enjoy this and uh, a little bit different from our regular interview stuff. And we're going to be doing some more of that stuff Later on, we're going to be talking about um, some battles and units and some other things in the future. So make sure you guys uh, 
give Savage Actual a follow because we're going to keep doing cool shit. That's right. That's if you want to, I'll, I'll kick this off, Jason, because I was, we were just kind of talking about this a little bit. I'll, I'll go into sort of like my early days prior to, I'll go into the military because I didn't jump right into it. I think like, I mean, you didn't either, right? I mean, did you have the idea like, oh, I want to go into the Marine Corps and be go to recon? Did you? No. At, no, at, it was, uh, I didn't either. Up until the point I joined, it was only within a year and a half, two years tops from that from that point that I actually signed up and actually got there. So yeah. it wasn't some fucking dream of mine to do it by any means. And you you were a little – how old were you when you joined the Marine Corps? You were a little older too, right? You were in yeah, your I 20s. 20. Yeah, I, I uh, 20. remember 5th and then is when I landed on the Yellow Footsteps in San Diego and then uh, – <laughs> Seven days later, November twelfth, um, I turned twenty-one. So I couldn't, damn, couldn't wait. I spent it, like twenty instead of getting, getting laid and hanging out with all the homies, you know, and drinking some beer. No, I couldn't wait to be a marine. So couldn't wait <laughs> two weeks. You know. <laughs> so it's funny because the, it, it, you say you're like twenty-one. Everybody's like, you know, even for us right now, we're like, oh, that's so young. But yep. truthfully, it, it's it's not that young i it's that's actually older for the mil- I'm military and i think i can remember actually somebody telling me one time i think it was a recruiter that i talked to had said like yeah everybody's like when you go into the military right after the summer you know that's when everybody graduates high school or whatever or over the summertime that's when you get all the 18 and 19 year olds or whatever the case is and then it's like those winter classes or where people are a little bit older cuz i went in uh, let me see, June, May, or no, no, it was, it was May. I went in in the beginning of May. So then it was like June, July, August. Yeah. I had my 10 days. And then I ended up being, or no, it was, no, it was, I, I was right the first time. It was like June because I graduated around the very beginning of October, had my 10 days leave and, and, uh, went to SOR or MCT at the time. It was still an October timeframe. So, um, yeah. You're, you're what from, time of year did from- you go? Uh, I, I went, uh, yeah, I mean, November is when I went to boot camp. So, yeah. Left. See, so did you, ha- did you have some guys in your boot camp class that were a little older? Yeah. We had one guy that was like 31. Okay. 28 or 31. Um, and we thought he was a fucking dinosaur. You know, he looked, yeah. and he that's, looked, that's for the, for the, for a boot camp class. You're like, God, you're a hundred years old, man. No, well, like, like, I think I was like. Yeah, we all. I, I personally looked at him like fucking loser, man. Like, where were you like ten years ago? Like, <laughs> like come on, dude. What have you been doing the last fucking ten years? You suck. He's like, hey, man, I'm on my third divorce. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, he's he's like, I had to escape. Fourteen fucking kids and shit. But yeah, in hindsight, I mean, honestly, twenty five to twenty eight, thirty is is beast mode time. I mean, dude, you're yeah. If you're physically there, you are. Yes. You are the shit. I mean, that, that's. Yes. I, I felt. So I joined them again, right out of high school. This was kind of funny. We talked about this before. So uh, the funny thing was, you know, I was in high school. I'm originally from upstate New York and the Joe Kubert School of Art was in New Jersey. And I applied there and I, man, I got a freaking full scholarship. All, the only thing that the crazy thing is the only thing that my parents had, would have had to pay for was my room and board, like my, 
you know, my, my dorm room or whatever. And I, I still remember to this day, I don't know what it was, but in that process to become an artist that by the time I got to the end and I'm like getting ready to go to art school, I was so burnt out on it already. I didn't really want to do it. And my cousin was going to the Marine Corps. He was super gung ho. And he's like, Oh, you should go to MEPS with me this weekend. You know? And I was like, what is that? What do you do? And, uh, he's like, Oh, you just, you be PT. We run around, we learn about Marine Corps stuff. I'm like, hey, I'll go with you, man. I'll, whatever. I don't fuck it. So we went there and I had a blast, man. It was the first thing I'd ever done like that in my life. And I had never really thought that much about the military. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And the crazy thing is my birthday is in January. So I was always like ahead of everybody as far as the grade goes. And, and you know what I'm saying? Like I was like, hey, when everybody's turning 15, I was already freaking 16 or whatever. So I was kind of ahead a little bit because my birthday was always in January. So I had turned 18 already. And the recruiter was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to do infantry, you know, give me the paperwork. I'll sign right now. I fucking signed everything right then. And I didn't tell my parents because I was like, they're going to freak out. And I remember a couple weeks later, my mom gave me a check for like 450 bucks for the dorm. And she's like, Hey, make sure you sign, send this to this address, blah, blah, blah. It's for your dorm. You need to send this in. And I tore it up and threw it in the trash and they called the house apparently while I was in school one day and was like, hey, you know, we're like a couple months from finalizing all the stuff. We still haven't gotten my mom. I got home. She was super pissed. She thought that I like cashed the check and spent it or something like that. She was super pissed. She's like, what do you do with that money? And when I told her to join the Marine Corps, man, she started fucking crying. She was not happy at all. Not happy. Yeah. 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 Okay. She was she was pretty upset. But dude, it was kind of funny because this is. This is 1991, post post uh, Gulf War. Never never even considered anything with special operations. I didn't really know much about it, even though, you know, we not that long ago we talked to John Stryker Meyer, man, and I read all those books when I was growing up, all the the Vietnam stuff. I thought that it was interesting and stuff, but I never considered it, you know. So, yeah, Vietnam was the closest, nearest. Excuse me you know, big conflict that wasn't a day or two that was close to, to our time, you know? So that was like the, the thing we could roll back to and like, wow, you know, I think World yeah. War II sounded so far, so far away. Vietnam was, was distant too, but it wasn't that distant from our and the, generation. And the Gulf War wasn't even hardly a war. It was, you know, I mean, it was just yeah. us kicking the dog shit out of somebody for a hundred hours. I mean, it, it, it was over and done. It, it, I mean, and there's just no, I, I mean, there was really no significant ground operations. It was 99.9% air. I mean, I'm sure there's probably going to be some, some, uh, Gulf war vet that's going to reach out to us and disagree. But I remember that, that someplace on the border of Iraq and Kuwait, didn't they did have like some like small tank skirmish or something like that. But yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't anything like what we dealt with the last 20 years, you know, and no. it's all time and place. You don't have a choice of the body you're born into and the time and the place you're born. You turn 18 when you turn 18 and yep. you know, if there's nothing going on, it's not your yep. fault to you or anyone else you're with peer wise. So yeah, I, I had a, my roommate who was an older guy. He fought, he was a Marine, he was a machine gunner in the Gulf war. And I had a group of, 
you know, SEALs, recon guys, MARSOC guys at my dinner table. There was like eight of us. And uh, my my roommate was there. I love this dude to death. But, we're, you know, some stories came up and he was just like talking about like, I don't know. He was just like, it seemed like he was making it into a bigger deal than it really was. <laughs> And we all had some beers. I was like, dude, shut the fuck up, man. Like, we got into a tick that was longer than that fucking war. Like, yeah. two, three-day fights, yeah. bro. Like, yeah. no no help. Like, nothing, right? So, it's like, and I was just more busting his balls in front of the boys. But he was just like, wow. Yeah, <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Wah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I love the dude. He's, he's a solid dude. Um, I actually miss the guy. But, you know, again, it's. You got no control yeah, over it. It is. It's kind of it, like you said, it's time and place. Cause I mean, hell, dude, there was guys who joined when we were in and never saw anything, you know, just that they missed yeah. the rotation or whatever the case may be, you know, and they just didn't it didn't happen. I mean, there was like it was funny because, you know, when I was when I was working over on on Pendleton for Combat Hunter and we would we started getting to the point where we were asking the classes, hey, you know, 25 students from, from Lance Corporal up to Staff Sergeant, who here is deployed, who here has been in combat. And towards the end of that, man, we'd have one person, two, two people, like an entire room full of 0311s, 03s, one person had deployed, one person had been to combat. You're like, what the hell? It just, man, they just, it's over. It, yeah, it washes itself out of the, out of the system so quickly. People are just like, I'm done. I'm getting out. Or yep. yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy. It's crazy. So, so yeah, man, obviously we've, you were on the East coast or on the West coast. I was on the East coast and we, we made our way through the system. And did you consider recon once you got in the fleet? I considered it before I joined my roommate. Oh, okay. My roommate and neighbor, Adam Parks from Rose Hill, Kansas, for those listeners out there that know know where Wichita, Kansas is at, suburb of, of that. Uh, he was the first one that brought it up. And he was going to join the Marine Corps. He never did, but he was going to join. And I think we watched Clear and Present Danger. And it's a bad <laughs> example of a recon team because the team got lit the fuck up behind enemy lines. But there was a Hispanic guy who played in a lot of badass movies in the 90s, forgot his name. Always played a fucking tough dude. But he was like the one survivor of the fucking team. I know exactly who the, the the one where they're down in South America in the river and yes. all that. Yes. Yeah, such in a the, good God, such a good movie. movie. Yeah, yep. man. And I was just like, you know, it should have petrified me. Like, fuck, I don't want to do that. But it was still, you know, it was this unit of Marines that I didn't know much about, you know. And for whatever reason, it wasn't the SEALs and it wasn't Green Berets. It was that. And I just fell in love with that idea of, of wanting to emulate those guys. I wanted to be a man. I wanted to be tough. I wanted to, you know, just, just develop. I wanted this to kickstart my development into, I wanted to attain that next level of, of manhood. Right. You know, cause I was a young punk ass kid that I dropped out of school and parents had divorced. And to be quite honest with you, like I was really lost, um, emotionally lost. It was my self-confidence and perception was, was shit. Um, and I was like holding on by the skin of my teeth, just trying to figure out what the hell was next. And, um, my grandfather had served in the Navy in World War II and Korean War. So that was always there, that respect for that generation. And 
our service members for sure was always there. Um, my physical state at that time, I, I just didn't think, you know, I didn't know if I could hack it or not. And it was, dude, it was, it was something that was so fucking far fetched to me. Like I, <laughs> I mean, I was doing construction, you know, I had odd jobs. I was a dishwasher, you know? Yep. And then I ended up started working out once this like recon Marine thing kind of got in there. And like, I had the physical aptitude in the bloodline for sure. Um, I just, you know, I was a sports kid growing up, baseball guy, but, um, I just didn't know how far I could take myself. And I didn't really have much belief in myself at the same time and a little bit of push and a little bit of training, my body responded very quickly. And, and I was like, I remember running with a fucking Jansport backpack with like 20 pounds or something. <laughs> I wrote, I ran from like Rose Hill to Andover, which was like seven or eight miles, which was like the longest fucking run of my entire life. Like I thought it was the biggest deal ever, you know? And, uh, <laughs> and I just started like chipping away at it, man, you know, and I ended up joining the Marine Corps and then they had a trial for recon and school of infantry. I yep. wanted nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. I was like, cool. I'll be a fucking grunt, you know, <laughs> all the fucking way. Did that for two years. And then about a year and a half into the being a grunt, I was running a lot. Um, was getting 300 PFTs pretty easily. So the, the, the body was there. The mind started to harden from being a grunt. The grunts definitely formed a lot of who I was as a Marine to make it through recon and just the rigidity, the toughness. The, dude, it was a fucking wolf pack, dude. I mean, the grunts and the platoons, dude, you, you beat the shit out of each other, man. If you're a bloody rabbit, <laughs> the wolves are going to fucking feed. So... Yeah, you had to be tough, dude. I mean, you had to. It was a tough job. It's tough for guys. sure. For you sure, wanted to be tough. You wanted to be in it. You know, I, I want to be tough. You know, like this is going to make me tough, tougher. So it attracts that type of person: the fireman, the EMT. The the mindset is very similar across these certain, I think, facets in life, these certain jobs. So, yeah, man. You know, too, I went the recon route and deployed a couple times to Iraq and. So when you were, when you were, see, that's the thing, man. It's like, I didn't, I, I had gone in and like, I had signed up initially for security forces. They're like, oh yeah, security forces and blah, 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 blah. And you're, you're, you know, doing all this training and you'll be working, like going to embassies and doing all this stuff. And I had a good time in security forces, but the crappy thing was, it was, Within my first year in the Marine Corps, I was like, okay, I'd like to check out recon. I had thought about it, but I was locked into that contract and I couldn't, they wouldn't let anybody do anything. And that was kind of a that's bummer. A, that, yeah, that's right. Cause that's a two year deal, right? Yep. Yep. You're yeah. locked into that contract. It was crazy because actually, same thing when, uh, when I was in infantry school, because I'm 6'1 and, you know, met these specific, requirements they initially sent me to go screen for um spe like the special program stuff like yankee white and all that which is like the president's right, right. guard and President's all that right. right yeah and i so i went through that and i actually made it to the second second interview for that and that second interview they required you to bring your your personnel records and i showed up and they're like oh you're got a contract for security forces nothing we can do see ya and i wasn't even interested in that, but 
you know, they were just kind of like making guys do it. And, but the cool thing was I had a guy in security forces. He was one of my, his name was, uh, either Corporal Cannon or Sergeant Cannon. It might've been, I think he was a corporal at the time. He had been a sniper. He had been a Marine Corps sniper. And so he had been in the fleet for a while and then went to security forces as like his B billet or something. And he used to talk to us about that stuff all the time. And I'm like, Oh, that'd be cool to try out for. He's like, well, when you get to the fleet, you can try out for it. And so I went from the security forces to Camp Lejeune and (laughs) they had me going to second battalion, second Marines in Camp Lejeune. And I remember sitting in, sitting in receiving for like multiple days and these random guys walked in one day and they're like, Hey, who here has any experience with boats? And I'm sitting here and everybody, the funny thing was everybody was just the entire time I was sitting there, there was all kinds of other guys that were going to units and, uh, the dudes that were checking us in and receiving are like, Oh, you guys are going to the fucking grunts that your life is going to suck. Blah, 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 all this bullshit. So I started thinking like, "Eh, is this what I really like, man, is this going to be any good? You know, like what's going to, again, I had no experience with that. And so these guys came in asking about going to a different unit. I'm like, yeah, that's me. I'll, I'll do it. I fucking, so me and a couple other guys, Rogers up, we actually ended up going to the Marine Corps first Riverine unit, small craft company. And I had a fucking great time, man. It was really cool. We got to have some unique deployments down to South America. So, but I, it gave me a little bit more experience. I had a guy that was in my platoon that had been in recon. His last name was France, I think. Uh, I haven't talked to the dude in years, but he actually got, I don't know, he did something stupid and they kicked him out of recon and he got picked up by a small craft company. And then that Corporal Cannon, uh, not Corporal Cannon, we had another guy in one of the other platoons that was a sniper. So that's when I started getting a little bit more people talking about it. And we would, we'd go down to, we'd go down to uh, Onslow Beach where all second recon and stuff was down on Onslow Beach, we would work with those guys doing, you know, Zodiac stuff, doing stuff with the Rigid Raiders, doing, dropping them off, picking them up. Uh, I helped out. I actually got to go to Scout Swimmer School. I went to Rigid Raider School. So I got to go to like a lot of the smaller boat courses and I got an idea of kind of what these guys are doing. And I'm like, man, that'd be cool. So I started freaking training for it and still wasn't really like that fired my belly. Like this is something that I've got to do. It was like something I was interested in. And then, uh, man, I, I got to the end of my enlistment and I had a bunch of crazy stuff go on around me with other guys that were still in the Marine, like guys in my platoon, just got the shit beat out of them. The dudes, just some, some unpleasant situations that I got involved in. And I'm like, I don't really want to stay in the Marine Corps anymore. I don't like, I don't like the attitude that these guys have, like dudes getting the fucking shit beat out of them for not having their fucking shirt tucked in on, on, on weekends or not wearing a fucking belt or so. It was just a lot of that crazy shit that the Marine Corps does that I understand it now, like the discipline and the, the making these guys have focus, but I just, I didn't like it. So I was like, I'm out of here. And that's when I, I got out. And so I never, never went on that journey. What year was it when you went to, so you, you were in a couple of years and then you went to recon school, right? So yeah. like, how, how many how many guys started in your do you remember how many guys started in your class and like the attitude of everybody I mean I, I remember the tryout more importantly you know, I remember the the NDOC that we did and that was at uh, with the guys from third recon in Okinawa Japan Camp Hansen 
and I was on a deployment with the Grand 31st Mew with 3rd Battalion, 5th Marines. So I remember a lot of dudes tried out for it, and there was only like fucking, fuck, six, seven of us, eight of us that they picked. And there, there was so was well that the whole? It was well over. Was that the whole thing where you do the the PFT? You do swim. the five mile ruck, ruck yeah. run or whatever, then go yeah. to the pool. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't remember what order. I think PFT was first, um, and they were only taking guys with three hundred PFT. So if you got a two ninety nine, you weren't even fucking, you weren't picked. So, and that was pre-war, you know, it was, it was pre-Iraq post 2001, you know, but the, the war wasn't as in your face, you know, as, as Iraq became, it was a small group of dudes in Afghanistan. So it wasn't really, it didn't really affect 90% of the fucking military, you know, at that uh-huh. point. So you had dudes that were fucking, weren't beat down. You had dudes that were fucking studs and they had the, there's a, recruiting aspect they had the ability to pick and choose who they fucking wanted so the limits were fucking tight so if you were a fucking 290 a 295 pft get the fuck out of here and that was badass to me like i i love it you know yeah and i know it's an ebb and flow right because they lowered that standard to 285 during the height of the war so oh um, wow really oh yeah just to just to fill fucking boat space dude they need a, a dude with a gun and boots you know i get it so um, it was cool, man. And, you know, I, I, I still remember that day. A lot of my boys from the grunts were there watching on the sidelines and there was no going back. I didn't have a fucking oh. choice. There was no fucking way I was going to fail on my own accord and get sent back to that unit and just secretly be made, made fun of, you know, like, ah, oh, yeah, that would suck. Yeah, See that's so. and that's the thing, man. As that that's a that is a big motivator. You know, you're doing something in front of your peers. Yes. And you're like that 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 sense of failure is 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 painful. You know, it is. I mean, they're gonna, they're gonna fucking eat you alive. Right. We hold ourselves to that standard ourselves, but then there's the. It's like guys like you and I, the failure of just being late, the anxiety I get before a flight <laughs> at seven in the morning. I can't <laughs> fucking sleep because I feel like I'm gonna miss it, and that's like definitely a marine military thing with time and poignancy. So dude, it was like, I didn't have a fucking choice, bro. Like might as well kick me out of the Marine Corps if I fucking failed this. So, yep. Yep. Yeah. Got first recon and then, uh, deployed to Iraq shortly after, um, for the invasion of Iraq. From that point, I, we kind of had a very, very similar journey, that similar mindset when I said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm a hundred percent. I'm not going to fucking fail. I'm not going to quit. This is a hundred percent. Like I remember same sort of thing that you were doing before I went back on active duty. I was like, run, swim, run every day, dude. I, I fucking put a pull-up thing up in my front yard, man. I was doing yeah. pull-ups constantly. Like I was just like, okay, I'm going to go ready. And then, you know, when I came on active duty in the Navy, they had, uh, you know, surf PT that we had to go to, couple right. times a week and uh man it was it was crazy because there was just hundreds and hundreds of guys and then after you'd been doing surf pt for like a month you're and you they would they kind of called you through the process like hey once you had done surf pt for a little while there they had everybody's name and they're like hey who's wanting to go for an nsw contract or eod or whatever the hell you wanted to do 
Right. And they're like, okay, hey, this is your date. They give you a specific date for the PST, which is the for everybody right. that's the uh, physical screening test. You have to pass the physical screen. You have to pass it actually twice prior to them even cutting you orders. So I showed up that first day. I'm in freaking Great Lakes. I I didn't go to Navy boot camp because I'd already gone to Marine Corps boot camp. And I show up there and I'm just like, uh, again, dude, I'm like a physically ready, 100%. And I walk around the corner, dude, and there's probably 200 people sitting on these bleachers in the Great Lakes pool area. We did the swim first. And then we went over on the side of the pool deck and did push-ups, sit-ups, lined up for the pull-ups. And then we went and changed and went outside for the run. Man, just from the pull-ups, sit-ups, push-ups, the swim, all that, it got cut to like a third by the time we got out to the run. And when we were done with the run, I was blown away. There was probably about 15 people left that made the run time, made the and it, you know, it's not, it's the Navy dude. So it's not a three mile run. It's a two mile run, but it, it was a pretty good pace. I was just blown away about how many dudes didn't make it. It was absolutely crazy. So I went through all of core school and then went back to do my rescreen before they'll even cut you orders. You have to pass your rescreen, your PST a second time. Same sort of thing, man. Tons of dudes and it ended up being Two of us at the very end. I was going to Swick School and a dude that was going to Buds. We were the only ones left out of. This was a much smaller group, probably 75, 80 people. Half of them, more than half of them didn't even make it through the swim, the first portion. I'm just like, how the fuck are these guys showing up to do this so unprepared? I, I couldn't understand it. But me and this other guy both passed the rescreening, got our orders, and, uh, and off I went. But... Yeah, I, I had the same exact attitude, man. Is just like for me, it was you know because I wasn't quite at, I wasn't coming from a unit or anything like that. I was still like sort of straight in sort of pipeline. For me, it was just like my self worth, and I you know I told friends and family, and like you know I was coming from a job at the same time and stuff, and I had worked you know done the agency stuff, and, and I was just like all my friends knew what I was doing. I feel like a total piece of garbage if I fucking didn't make it. You know what I'm saying? It's right. one thing to get hurt, but it's another thing to just quit. You know what I'm saying? Right. And just to think that I wasn't prepared for something like that, I couldn't even comprehend it, you know? Yeah. I mean, how did you deal with some of those hardships, you know, like like some of the hard events during that process of becoming a swick? Like, how did you overcome not quitting? You know, how did you those conversations you had with yourself, you know, like, like how did you deal with the pain? How did you deal with, you know, just the never ending, seemingless, never ending fucking sleep deprivation and fucking hunger. Like, how did you deal with it all? I think for myself, because my journey was a little bit more unique because I was, I, mean, I, I that's the thing too, is what you're talking about. You went through uh, your process and you were, you know, 21, 22, when you went to recon 22 or whatever, dude, I, I had done the Marine Corps. I'd been in the reserves that whole time. I had sort of worked in the, the government side of things. When I went back on active duty, man, I was 28 years old. I'd been through fucking freezing my ass off in infantry school. I was so cold. I, I can remember 
going through infantry school and being the coldest that at that point that I'd ever been in my life. I, I'd gone through a lot of stuff. So sort of when I got to that, I was just like, I had that attitude, like I'll have to fucking die or they're going to have to fucking break me before I quit. It was just one of those things like can honestly say from beginning to end in that process, I never had that sort of quit thought and I, people around me would quit. And I was just, I was, it, it was a little bit maybe over cocky and I was a, a kind of a prick a little bit because dudes would quit and I'd sort of fucking be snarky or I'd, you know, I had, a, I, I think I had told you about this. I had a guy who, when I showed up to SWIC school, we were in, in doc and we, it was a weekend or whatever. And when you go through like SWIC and buds, they give you the weekends off, which is fucking nice. It's a good, it's a good, I mean, it's such a beat down, man. I can kind of understand why you have those little bit of breaks, but over a weekend, I had one of the guys, some fucking Navy dude. I wish I could remember his fucking name because he was a piece of garbage, but he's like, dude, you're a fucking Marine. You're not a real Navy man. You're never going to fucking make this blah, 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 blah. And that dude quit like that next week in some pool phase that we had. And I laughed at that motherfucker sitting on the pool deck with his back to the fucking pool facing the fence. And I walked by and I made some comment like, what's up fucking real Navy man? I, I, something. So I kind of, I had, I had kind of an attitude where I sort of fed off that a little bit, man. I had a good buddy that I went through Navy Corps school with. Uh, we were in field med together and his name was Steve. I'm not going to say his last name. He was my roommate all through fucking Swick school. Well, part of the way through Swick school. And he was just one of those guys that exactly what you said, man, I, like you could almost physically see that quit monster on his fucking shoulder all the time. We'd get up in the morning and it was a grind, man. When you're the, I, yeah. I lived for the weekends. I lived for any, dude, we even had the evenings off. If you didn't have like some sort of evolution, like they didn't hit you with something in the evenings, we were done by five o'clock in the evening. So it was like, I could get my ass kicked from fucking, you know, five in the morning until five in the evening. I, I can do that. Like whatever, man, take, give it to me. I can take it. But dude, Steve, we'd get up in the morning, four thirty, whatever. And he'd sit on the edge of his rack and his fucking head would be down. And he was just beat down. And I fucking pep that talk, that dude every single day, man. And it, and finally one day, again, we were in the pool, some fucking hellish evolution and I look up and I saw him sitting down and it, that sucked. That, that fucking bothered me a little bit, you know, and it, but it just, it made me realize that people go through that stuff and it's not easy, you know, for sure. And I'm glad you brought up a few points there because you are an individual, right? Obviously we all are, but going into this, you get into this team atmosphere, this class atmosphere, but Yep. The instructors still are looking at each name, each person as an individual. Yep. And you have to be self-reliant. Like you have to find it in yourself, what it, whatever motivation you is there, your family back home, the goal of attaining SEAL, Raider, SWIC, whatever it is, whatever motivation you have, like you need to, you need to find it. Like, and if you don't have it, your roommate, your fucking bunkmate, like it's not their job to fucking uplift you every day. Like if yep. you don't have it, you're going to fucking wash out. Yep. Like you better fucking shit it. You better fucking find it going into it or during. 
because you knew you didn't you know a guy named Maury, shorter blonde dude. Uh, I can't remember his first name. Maury. Uh, I did, it does sound really familiar. He was a Sark. Uh, he was in yeah, my Swift class. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, he was in my Swift class. Fucking great dude. And dude, a he is stud. a Sark, man. And he's a sh- shorter dude. Yep, he's a little short guy, blonde hair. I, I can't. Yes, he's a fucking yeah. good-looking yeah. little guy, kind like of, uh, kind of surfer-looking dude. I think something in his first name kind of rhymes with his last name, almost. Uh, yeah, he was at my unit, man. Yeah, yeah, I dude, yeah. I saw his name on a plat. I was up, uh, like I said, I was doing something one time in the in uh, over there in First Raider Bat, and uh, we were in one of the, yeah. the the bays, and I saw a thing, and I'm like, up, oh, there's fucking, and I knew yeah, he had gone was- over there. I yeah, like I, I knew he had. Yeah, but he was in, dude. He was in my SWIC class and fucking quit. But the fucked up thing. Here's the fucked up thing is, this dude was a beast. He was physically fucking super strong. Yes, he was. Yes. But he, he was, dude. He had a girlfriend. He missed her. He didn't want to fucking blah 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 yep. blah. And he just quit. Quit. If for if for yeah. our listeners out there, it's it's a convergence of of two fucking things, like three things. Your fucking heart, your mind, and your body need to be fucking intertwined and strong. If you've got a significant other, whatever that is, and it's 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 there and it's part of your fucking head and it's there always, like it's like the main part of your brain. Like you're gonna fuck. It's it's gonna be really hard to overcome the challenges per evolution, per hour, per day, for months at a time. Like you need yep. to get that shit in fucking order. Yep. And I've seen that. It happened to me. Luckily I could over fucking come and shut it down. But dude, I a hundred percent know what he's going through. And a lot of guys go through that. Yep. Like I, I, I saw I, a couple I saw a couple people struggle with that, with with the stuff going on. And most of them they were married or had girlfriends. But, yes. And that was just created this mental baggage and yes. they struggled with it. And man, if, and if I, Every single one of them, when they quit, they instantly regretted it 24 hours later. That's the Every single thing, one of guys. them. If you quit such a massive evolution like that, if you don't try to go back and, and, and redo it, if you even have that opportunity, or go to another special operations branch and redeem yourself there, it will haunt you yeah. for the rest of your fucking life. Guaranteed. Like, you, you're all in, guys and gals. Like, like – you're in there. You better give it a fucking hundred, or you're gonna you're gonna chew on this this thought, this memory forever. It's gonna be. It's gonna take a lot to overcome that fucking failure. This isn't like I fucking you know didn't get a twenty minute fucking five k. This is this is yeah. <laughs> this is a big failure. And it's, I mean, this is yeah. nothing wrong with it, right? Like you either it's binary. You pass or you don't. But go in there with with all the ammunition that you have, like, like if I can go back to old me, ditch my fucking girlfriend, 1 billion percent. (laughs) I would slap myself and be like, yo dude, you, your head over heels, one for the wrong chick. No offense Two, way too fucking serious for, for that young three fucking be single, man. Like concentrate on the job at hand. Why, why subject yourself? It is, it is one of those things. Yeah, it is one of those things where, especially if you, you know, you have those issues, but especially if you're 
fucking good enough to make it all the way through and you get to your unit, yes. you don't get to your unit and then it's fucking nine to five training and it's easy days. You're, you're deploying to training exercises. You're gone for weeks or months at a time. You're doing all this stuff. Then you're fucking deployments. And then you come back from a deployment and you go, you might have a break, but then you go right back into another long training cycle and you're getting ready to do it again. And relationships, wives and girlfriends, they do not do well with that. Whatever American soft branch you're going to get into, they're all really fucking similar. It's the hardest fucking thing you're, you're ever going to go through. And that's by design. That's by design. They, they want an elite tribe of fucking warfighters. It just, just, you're not even, you're the basic fucking dude. You made it through this evolution. You're now a SEAL. You're now a Raider. You're now a SWIC. And you just got to the team. That's when training starts. Yep. The first yep. day you're there, like, you're just a basic fucking dude. You're not a fucking celiac killer yet by any means. You're still green. Yeah. You, there's still a lot to lot to do. I know. I mean, things have changed a little bit. Like now, it used to be for me, you went through SWIC school and then you went to your team and we had another six months of just learning and beat down and all this stuff before we could even try to earn our pin you had a fucking like, I don't remember, basically a fucking hell day where you had to put together all this shit that you'd learned over the course of a fucking day. And there was another fucking beat down. And if you pass, then you got your fucking pin. Now they go through, you know, Swick school and then SQT and whatever they go through and then they fucking get their pin and they go to their team or they go, they, they, there's a bunch of follow on training. So it's, it's changed. That whole pro program has changed a lot, but yeah, man, it's but just it, like, it, it, you're, it's you're the wrong. basic, whatever when you're, when you're done, you know? Right. You're fucking new dude to keep your mouth <laughs> shut. So, yep. but it's, it's like yep. a fucking two year pipeline respectively yep. for each, each one. I mean, truly by yep. the time you get jump dive, another language, X, Y, Z. It's roughly two years, guys. So it's a long fucking time. This isn't like a single race on a Tuesday. You know, this is this is yeah. years of putting in work every day. And you're still you're still basic. You know, you still are not you're you're mastering very basic things to get that, but it, it takes years of of pounding out that metal to get a sharp fucking blade. So yeah. the hardest parts for me in, in recon school for sure was the drama I had with the girlfriend. Um, and just the seamless. Did, like, did that ever make you say I'm, I'm, I'm done. Did you ever think about that? No, no, okay. no. I, I seem to be a glutton for punishment. Um, <laughs> I knew confidently physically. I was, I was up there in the food chain of, of speed. Um, and endurance is as skinny as I was, you know, fucking six, two and like 175, 170 pounds. I could fucking run like the wind. So I knew I wasn't going to stop physically. And I was so angry internally and use that <laughs> as fuel and fire. And that's a good thing about a Marine. Yeah. I just had this inner burn that I wasn't going to quit, but I was worried about failing out academically. I was worried about being peered out. I was worried that I wasn't going to fit in. I worried the guys weren't going to like me, you know, so it wasn't in the fucking bag. I never, I didn't feel like it was in the bag until the very end, you know, and I think that's yeah. what keeps us driving forward. And it, that's the thing about special operations is 
we'll use Marine's example. Uh, I want to be a Marine. I want to leave Kansas. Okay, cool. Marine. And then it's SOI. Fuck. That's two, three months. Fuck, yep. I got to make it through this. And then like, then you got to go, if you don't go to recon or Mars soccer off the bat, you're going to go to a fucking grunt unit or whatever fucking MOS you choose. So it's like this wrong. And then it's like that you go special operations. It's nine months and then adds the follow on training a couple of years. So it's like this ladder system and you're always like striving for excellence. You're always striving for like the next badge. And it's not really a visual thing. It's more like, like more uh, trades under your belt, the more yeah, skills you're building, you have. You're building on those skills. And, the, and and guys talk about that. Like, oh, that dude's been to Urban and Advanced Sniper. Like, oh, that guy's been to Halo. You know, it's like the, the Wolfpack talks, you know, like, oh, dude, he's been to, you know, ASOT level fucking three. It's like, oh, damn, it's level three. You know, it's like guys are always like climbing to like just, just put on more shit and not physically just, 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 just adding to be a well-rounded operator, I think. And it's never ending. You have to be hungry to want this life. For sure. For sure. And that's one thing that's really good is I think the special operations communities are very good at sort of feeding the beast a little bit. If there's something that you're interested in, they'll point you in that direction and sort of let you go. I mean, we've had conversations with all the guys, hey, I'm really into shooting. Okay, hey, hey, here's sniper school. Hey, I'm really into the the medical stuff. Hey, here's fucking uh, sock. I'm 18 Delta. The trauma courses. You're gonna do this or or hey, I like you know maybe some of the more uh, cerebral kind of stuff. Hey, okay, hey, you got we got fucking JTAC or you can take your interests and they will build on that for you and make you a more fucking lethal operator for sure. And that is the beauty, my friend, you're exactly right of the special operations realm, like getting into the Marine Corps, for example, it's like, yeah, it's a small organization, but grunts, for example, you get into it. There's not a lot of left and right lateral limits in in, in the realm of freedom. Like you don't have a lot of choices, you know, it may be serious school or maybe, like a salt fucking leader climber course or whatever the fuck, right? Like it's, it's, you got the very few choices for development. You know, you're in the, you're kind of stuck in this, this track, this lane. Like you just said, you get into the special operations realm. It's, it's sure. You're still part of a unit. You still have your duties, but there is more freedom of choice of where you want to take your career, you know, for the most part. Um, and, and just, I think the appeal to me and I wonder if it was the same to you is I wanted to be around guys and not that I didn't find that in the grunts, but I wanted to be around physical studs, smart studs. I wanted to be in this realm of like professional athletes to some degree. And it, and it truly was. And then you get there. And I remember the first time I got to recon is seeing so many bicycles and like try like triathletes dude in their off time were high level triathletes you know and i'm like you know i, I was pretty confident myself but seeing these other dudes that have been doing some shit for a bit that were just fucking <laughs> beasts and i'm just like all right i'm i'm here yeah this is, for sure there's no there's no fucking up man like we take care no. of each other but there's you know it, it's it's the group holds you to a fucking standard and there's accountability yeah see when i went in it was you know iraq was hot and heavy afghanistan and 
I was like, I want to do this. And my thing was too, just, I think having that experience being a Marine before and, and seeing some of the stuff that we had, like the low level equipment and things like that. I was like, okay, I, I want to get into this. I want to fight. I want to get into the mix, but I, same sort of thing like you, I'm like, I want to do it with guys who are fucking motivated, want to fight. And I want to go with a unit that's going to fucking take care of their guys and support us. So right. that was like, we had the money for the fucking best gear, the fucking best training. And then when we went to war, we were fucking supported. You know, you've got, right, you know, right. fucking UAVs. You've got all, you've got all this, these systems in place to support what you're doing. And to me, that was fucking super important. And it, it's like, man, a hundred percent when I got to the unit and it was like, Hey, we went through, we did VO two max. We did all this. Yeah testing before or like during the very beginning of our workup. Hey, here's your meal plan. Here's this, here's that. Like we had a very structured setup for workouts. And so it was like, it was like, you're in a place where people expect high level performance from you, but they're going to assist you with that. And you've got the system built up around you right. to do that. And that to me, that was super impressive and I fucking loved it. And I loved the fucking workouts. And I love the fact that, you know, everybody was just there to push themselves. And yeah, I mean, and it's, it's super unique. You know, it's not, I'm not living off a fucking, you know, fucking Bud Light and dip and it's <laughs> just like doing, right. doing more with less is not kind of what happens in the special operations community. Luckily. You brought up something earlier um, before we had to re-record. Um, you know, we get a lot of questions like, if there's any tips or tricks of, you know, getting into this. And to me, that, that question is, in a way, it's like almost like you're looking for a way to manipulate to uh, to, to get a narrow approach to said uh, title. So I think going into it, you need to accept that this is going to be the hardest fucking thing that you've ever done in your life. And the only way to fa- I look at it is Mount Everest. You know, you need to get to the fucking top. And it's not yep. going to be easy, but you're not going to going to show up in some board shorts and fucking flip flops and be like, "Yo, I'm going to do this today." You know, like, like, like sniper school, got, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fuck those guys. Yeah, I got fucked on that one. So yeah, if you guys want to hear some, story. go back and listen to our uh, Luke Hamilton story of Jason showing up for sniper school a little ill prepared is how we'll say it's it's a good story, but you guys go yeah. back and listen to the Luke Hamilton episode. It's an example of how. The grunts take care of their fucking pre-sniper guys and the recon and raider realm. You don't have a lot of time training to go into. Just go fucking like do it. Just go fucking do it. Don't fail. You're kicked out of the unit. Like, uh, <laughs> all right. But like, if you're 17, say you're a fucking senior and you're making up your mind early in that fucking year that you're going to do it. And you're not a sports guy or gal. Like you've got a fucking year like till that next summer. So start fucking training. You know, it's going to involve yep. swimming, potentially running, hiking, pushups and pull-ups, start eating fucking right and fucking working out like a beast, like in resting for a fucking year. Like that's, that's, that's a, that's a tip, a solid one. Like, yes, crush. Very you solid. don't want to get any fucking cramps. Like you want to get your body to like a fucking Lamborghini to the point where anything physically they throw at you, 
you're going to, you're going to crush and it's going to be, it's going to be easier. It's still going to fucking suck, but the harder you train, the harder you push yourself. And then when that, once that day of adversity shows up, you're going to have a damn good chance of fucking making it through it. There's the mental piece, but to start fucking training prep, get rid of your girlfriend. If you fucking need to, you know, like pay your fucking bills, get rid of your fucking debts. Yeah. Fucking make this important. You know, I've half-assed a lot in my life, and I think that's words of advice off my own mistakes to younger guys not going through and making it any harder than you have to, like I did in some ways. You know what I'm saying? Like, just become a beast so when you show up, you're fucking ready. Yep. You can't control that's all the variables, man. Excellent advice. Excellent advice. And I think that encompasses so much of it. And it, it might sound like a lot, and it might sound like a big, big hurdle, but just being physically ready and Jason injected into that as well. Get rid of your girlfriend. I mean, just, or, or take a break, you know, Hey, have a discussion with this, with the significant other and say, Hey, we need to take a break while I'm doing this. I need to be able to focus, you know, and, and if it was worth it, it, that person will be there for you on the other side and you can continue with that, but you just don't want to have those, those issues. And like another thing he said, it was excellent advice is, if you're, you know, 22, 23, 24, you got an apartment, don't, don't roll out of the apartment and, and not pay your bills or don't do any of that stuff because, uh, you know, guess what's coming. If you are able to make it through, guess what? You've got security clearances and you've got things like that later on. And I literally saw a guy who made it through fucking Swick school, had some serious issues. I don't know if it was just money issues. But he had some things and he couldn't get a security clearance. They're like, sorry, yep. dude, right. we we can't keep you around. Like it was such an issue. He couldn't keep a security clearance and he was gone. And that was that was crazy. I've, I've only seen that once. But yeah, I mean, no, you're, you I don't. Yeah, don't don't put those things behind you and think they're just going to disappear. Uh, having decent credit, having your life together as part of getting that clearance, being trustworthy, because there's courses, there's Intel courses, there's uh, yeah. some other things that you have to, <laughs> you you have to be a trustworthy person. And if you're a mess, it's not going to work. So. Trustworthy and responsible. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, they're putting, literally the nation is putting its trust into you to carry out a specific mission to get the job done. Yeah. So what don't, kind of don't person, be that what kind of person do you think that looks like? You know, yeah. like a year out, say you're a fucking say senior, junior, like enjoy your fucking time as a high school kid. If you're dead set on this, like start thinking about your level of drinking, start thinking about the crew you're hanging yep. out with, you know, yep. like I'll tell you what those friends, 99% of the time, you're not going to, they're not going to be around fucking 20 years after that. They might be. Yeah. But, most likely not. So if this is something yeah. that you really want to do, treat it as such. And you said it right there, man. Like it's, you've got time. And in every school that we go through, especially the MOS producing schools, I took it from evolution to evolution, chow to chow, hour by hour. And eventually day by day, the time you're going to graduate is going to come and they can't stop it. You're, you're making progress and it seems like an inch at a fucking time, but you're going to get there if you stay the course. So with exercise, you're a year out, you might not be in shape, take it day by day, 
Like, like you don't have to fucking build it. You don't have to build a pyramid in a day. Start putting the foundations in fucking early in the right way. Start eating right. Still fucking running right. You know, run a mile. Run a half a mile if you got to. Do three push-ups at a time. And the next day, do five. You know, start start prepping yourself for it. So, and you're going to learn along the way. I mean, they're going to teach. And you need to listen. And enjoy your fucking self too you know it, it's not fucking prison it's gonna be the best time of your life and i still remember every dude i fucking i went through for the most part with yep. so it's yeah. this is an amazing that's, time that's that's the one thing that's interesting too is like that was a good point enjoy yourself because in the end you're getting paid to work out you're getting you're getting <laughs> paid you're getting paid to fucking get yourself in shape and learn some super cool unique shit and at the end of the day, you come out of it a fucking very unique individual with unique skills, and uh, it just gets better from there. And it's well worth the the you know the blood, sweat, and tears to fucking get you there. And I th- I I don't know. I think that's a good freaking sort of transition into into after the military. You know, every I think everybody's journey once you get into your team, whatever it is, if you're a fucking seal, swick. SF, Ranger, fucking Recon, Raider, CCT, PJ, whatever. Everybody does their time, whether or not you do four years, 10 years, you retire from that. The cool thing is now you've learned all this super interesting stuff. You've learned some, your nation has spent millions of dollars training you and shit, you're you're an asset to any company. You're an asset to anybody or anything that you want to do. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, I, I, I could, you could name probably almost any industry and I know two or three guys that are in that, whether it's freaking dude, like aircraft freaking design to the Intel industry, to, to business, to starting their, how many, I mean, how many guys do we know personally between the two of us that have started their own very successful companies and that shit's not easy. You know what I'm saying? So that's right. the one thing about all this is there's that there's that stress, there's the uh, the difficult stuff, but you're getting paid to learn some super unique skills, and you are a very valuable asset to any company, or you're you're a valuable asset to yourself when you come out on the other side of that. You've built this confidence, you've built this fucking motivation, the integrity that you have. Um, <laughs> the, the world is basically your fucking oyster when you step out of the other side of that fucking that that process absolutely absolutely man I, I think we are in a unique position to talk about this because every civilization throughout time has has had its warriors every tribe every continent every race every culture has its warrior class and even within the navy within the marine corps you've got very small few that actually can earn and, and wear that badge being called a true warrior. You know, like the the realm of fighting is, is it's extremely fucking small. So I know we're talking to those out there right now that are interested in this. So I didn't join to go turn wrenches. I didn't, neither did you. Yeah. So if you, if you don't want to make this path, you are going to be that warrior, that gladiator in the fucking dirt, in the blood, 
Like that's what you're signing up for. This isn't fucking dress blues. This isn't you're learning how to fucking take someone's fucking head off with a multitude of fucking weapons. So let's talk about that first and foremost. Like it's this isn't for college. You know, that's part of the deal. Yeah, that's cool. If you want it, um, Tricare, like, like, like the, med- the benefits <laughs> you get along with it. Cool. But most of you, I think, are doing this to for the adventure, for the experience, for the, the learning aspect and, and developing into something more than you currently are. And you will if you make it through the end of that. Um, and it's not the end all be all in life it's not you know you could be a fucking doctor you could be whatever but if you are dead set on becoming a warrior it's some branch like go all in you know give it give it 100 percent, and it's going to be a fraction of your life you know you, you live to fucking 80 you do four years you do 20 years it's still a fraction it's not all but it's it's yep. a pretty cool foundation for the rest of your fucking life you can defend yourself you can defend your family you can defend an innocent neighbor you can take care of your community. You still have a lot to offer, you know, and especially in the current state of America, without going down along, there's a lot of young boys and girls out there that, you know, big brothers, big sisters, man. Like we, we are still valuable assets to our local communities, wherever home's at. You still have a lot to offer. You can, you can rally a lot of fucking people for good, you know, whether it be, my new thing right now is I want to get people and just pick up trash, you know, get coffee shops involved. And we just go pick a fucking block and hit it. You know, like trash bothers me. Like you are still an important part of our community and, and you're needed. So this attracts pretty unique people, I think. And I think that's why we're so close to some of these dudes that we've served next to, even if it's been 20 years, we've talked to some of them, you know, it's, it's that, that, that ethos that it's something within us that you, you find that we all have it. We might be different in a lot of ways, but there's there's a common thread. I think inherently all of us are pretty good people for the most part, outside of a few. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone's one mistake away from turning into that, but uh, for the most part, you know, some of the best guys I've I've ever stood next to, for sure. Yeah, I I mean I love I love like uh, Jason and I had just gone to uh, Shot Show a few months ago, and that's just. That's such an interesting, you know, interesting yeah. gathering of of folks from that community. You run into a lot of guys that you know who are going on to, you know, bigger and better things and doing doing crazy stuff with their life. And it's it's a blast because you get to see what all these like minded individuals have sort of, you know, gotten into. Whether it's you know, there's so much of the fire in, firearm industry and stuff that's in shots so or specific, but the survival stuff. And you have guys like, I mean, we ran into guys that are just like, Hey man, I invented this and I'm selling it to this fucking company. And just, it's just, right. it's just really great for me. Like that whole experience of just being around, it's like being around the community again. You know, I love just talking to other special operations veterans and seeing what they're doing with their lives because you do come out of it with with all this knowledge and all these skills and all this you know you still have this motivation you still have all this dedication that you've you've developed within yourself and it's i love seeing what guys have done with their life later on down the road you know and like you said 99 percent of it's all positive yeah you always have unfortunately 
that and that's something that you touched on a little bit. Everyone. Like you, you, Jason sort of touched on that a little bit. You, everyone needs to understand you are there to fucking do damage to, to other people, you know, as a, as a, as a special operator, you are, your job is going to be to fucking go kinetic, you know, destroy the enemy. And, and, uh, the good thing is we understand for that. We understand that. And we train for that so much that I think in general, the special operations community has a much better understanding of what your job is and what's expected of you. So that whole sort of PTSD thing, some of that stress is, I think a little bit handled a little bit better on the other side. Um, I think, I, I think guys, coming from the special operations community have a better tendency to, because we know what we're getting into. Um, once you're done with everything, it, you're able to just whatever, call it, put it behind you, compartmentalize it, whatever you want to, however you want to term it, but continue on with your life and become an extremely productive member of society and do whatever you want to do to become a success, you know? Yeah. Whatever makes you fucking happy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Get back, get back, I mean, get back I, to that individual that you are. You, you kind of put your individual self aside. You know, right? It was your individual choice to join, right? But like once you get yep, in, absolutely, the, the sense of self kind of goes away, and you're definitely part of the herd at that point in a good way. That you're you're part of a team, and that team ebbs and flows and varies in size. But people rely on you, and you rely on them, and that's kind of hard to deal with when you get out. You're back to an individual. So you need to compress, take what you've learned from the military and now refocus that energy into something else, whatever the fuck that is, you know, something, something good. Um, and, and, and the, the cool thing is though, you're a hundred percent right. Guys need to, you're sort of focusing your energy on that individual thing. But the cool thing is how many times have you reached out to guys like, Hey, you know, what do you know about this? Or what do you know about that? Or, Hey, you got any information about this or can you help me with that like that's the one thing about right. working in that cohesive team with a group of sort of very unique and motivated individuals on the backside everybody's doing some crazy shit and everybody's you know oh, yeah. but all you got to do is make a fucking phone call and guys will bend over backwards to help you out and do whatever you want you know to 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 help you and make fucking whatever you're working on happen you know, make it a success. That's the cool thing is I've contacted tons of buddies and asked them questions about whatever, and they're, they'll go out of their way to fucking help me, you know? So that's the thing is that team that you had, those guys are still available and they're doing cool shit. And, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a great asset to be able to have later on in life. You know, you've still got that team around you if you need them. Yeah. So I'm interested our listeners out there that have gotten this far um, and if you're younger and you are thinking about joining, definitely hit us up with more questions, you know, yep. um, anything really. Um, and especially towards me in the sense of like physical fitness and whatnot, I'd be happy to, to help you out and connect you. But at the end of the day, it's all on you and it's no one else's fault, but your own, if you don't make it. So it's, it's all you and you got to take the steps and the strides yourself. You got to earn it yourself at the end of this day. It's, there's no handouts. You got to fucking take it. You got to climb that mountain yourself. No one's going to lift you up. You might get a few uplifting words of 
you know, encouragement from a guy to your left and right occasionally. But dude, it's, 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 it's all on your shoulders. Absolutely. So that's one thing. If you guys want to reach out to Jason or I, um, you can, although I've never really used it much, I guess they have DMS on Twitter, but Instagram, Savage Actual or Savage Dot Actual on Instagram. It's the first time I've ever Savage Dot Actual. Uh, yeah, it's like apparently we're. I think we're a little bit better now. We've we were shadow banned for a long time, but I've kind of unfucked that. So yeah, find us Savage Actual on Instagram. You guys can DM us anytime. I mean, it's Jason and I on there all the time. Or uh, info at savageactual.com. That's our email address. You can shoot us an email and. We're always available to answer questions or whatever the case may be. You know, like Jason said, it's all on you. Don't expect us to give you the fucking map because we can't do that. That's all on you. But thanks for listening to us, guys, and uh, giving us your time. And uh, we enjoy talking about this stuff, actually. So thanks for listening, guys. And if you enjoy this podcast, uh, give us a uh, some feedback on whatever your platform is. If it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever throw a review up there. We'd really appreciate it. And uh, hey guys, thanks for listening to Savage Actual. Have a good day. Later. This has been Savage Actual. Jason and Patrick are two former special operations guys who interview interesting guests who talk about video games, airsoft, and military subjects. (laughs) Basically, they drink a lot of beer, talk about shooter games, and have fun. What's not to love? We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. And the fellas will be back soon. But in the meantime, find them on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Savage Actual. Y'all be cool. And we'll see you next time.